Hi, welcome to Swordnut Radio. This episode is not the Dungeons and Dragons, but it is the Fate, and it's the same campaign world that we've been going for in the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition game. We're going to play a slightly different side game because two of the players aren't here, and we're going to use the Fate Accelerated system to explore the lives of some of the captives from Caravan. Playing tonight. Hi, I'm Adam A, and I'm playing Hetty Clemmer, an elderly human tavern owner. She's slightly crippled with a bad back, she has a sharp wit, she's good with the common people, and tries to make friends with anyone. And... Hi, I'm Biddy, and I'm going to be playing Barrel Bill Clover. He is a stoic dwarf, he's a bit past it, but he's a hard grafter, and a bit of a local legend. And I'm Paul, I'm the GM, I'm going to be playing all the bad guys, plus... Alex Nordian, gay elf bookkeeper, hipster, arty, lush. Martin, aka Wine Rack, a dirty human street urchin. He's an addict, a compulsive thief, and a child. There's Ben Rumney, a only child human farmer. He's lonely, spoiled, and lazy. And Path Tanner, an orphan human tanner's boy. He stinks, he's a hard worker, and he's recovering from illness, but he's very gruff. All those characters that you've heard read out are generated by the players, so I'm coming to this pretty cold. <laughs> uh, and we've decided to do Fate because why the fuck not? And Correction. Paul decided to do Fate. I decided to do Fate because why the fuck not? And uh, it should be an interesting little diversion because we're going to be playing a Fate game fairly soon. The only difference between this and Fate proper is that you get a larger list of skills. So hopefully it's a bit of a warm-up so uh, when it comes to do with Mike it's not too much of an issue. <laughs> All right, we have a tiny bit of feedback. Sabrina's fact of the week. Thank you, Sabrina. Sabrina's, Sabrina's fact of the week. <laughs> and Sabrina's <laughs> fact of the week is that octopuses have three hearts, and sheep and rabbits are immune to black widow venom. So it's a two foot. Mm, nice. I uh, can see some very dodgy tests going on at some uh, yeah. some homes now. <laughs> Let's go through all the venoms, shall yeah. we? <laughs> Sorry, what, what was the second one then? The, the, not the... Sheep and rabbits are immune to black widow venom. So yeah, you can see that though, because you, you'd use they use pigs for anti-venom, don't they? Horses and pigs for anti-venom. They must use other animals as well. Mm. Um, so they must have had a, a, a testing phase saying, well, how how could these animals put up with X, X, Y, Z? Yeah, venom? plus in Australia, they're probably, you know, if they find a, a an animal with a Black Widow on it, they're going to think to themselves, why isn't it dead? There's a lot of sheep and a lot of rabbits in Australia. There is indeed. I think we found the missing link. There mm-hmm. we go. We've, we've managed to conflate the missing link. And octopuses have three hearts. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Freakish, freakish bastard octopuses who will one day enslave us all. Just to add to that, I believe only seven of their tentacles are tentacles, and one and the, the eighth Don't one say is actually. Penis. No, no, a, it is a gentacle. A gentacle. Yes. Is it a penis? It is indeed a penis. <laughs> it's a prehensile penis, just like me. Uh, and during its mating uh, ritual, <laughs> it frequently gets ripped off. Why would you tell me this? Why would you tell me it, this? It's fine. It grows back. All right. Um, so Sabrina also got in touch on um, Gmail. So uh, she's doing well, so thanks for asking. And it's as hot as dicks in Georgia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but everything else is awesome. Uh, the intro for my weekly fact made me laugh so hard, Sprite came out of my nose. <laughs> uh, just want to let everyone know how much I love the show and think you guys are freaking awesome as your official number one fan. Uh, and there is a lol in there. Uh, I just want to boost your egos a bit, d- just don't get too big-headed. <laughs> in closing, thanks for all your hard work for being talented, funny, and having adorable accents. <laughs> so much better than my deep south redneck sounding accent. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I did. I did say I don't think anyone has described Mancunian accents as being adorable ever in the history no, of mankind. That's, no, that's a first. It's practically Serena. impossible. You have a first. I, however, don't have a Mancunian accent and will not. Damn you all! Um, I, I actually can't do one. It's, I just, I just can't. It's like I go to Scouse immediately. The, uh, one of the worst parts of that is that I, growing up, I was always told that I speak posh because <laughs> yeah. because I enunciate. And it's like, oh no, why are you speaking so posh? Where are you from? It's like, I was born in Withinshaw. I've lived here my entire life. Just because I don't draw like you do. It's like it, it's actually one of those things in that I'd say I have more of a Derbyshire accent, but I have mm. lots of friends from Manchester, so that's where I picked it up from. Mm. Uh, but when I go down and visit my sister, a lot of her friends, were, uh, she lives down south in London, um, they will comment that, oh, you've got the most in- incredible Mancuni accent. And I'm like, no, really, yeah. I don't. <laughs> it's because it's because it's slightly different. Yeah. I have an army accent. Because my dad was in the forces and we moved around a lot, and um, I've had every accent going. Just whatever your friends were at the time, I've had a Scottish accent briefly. Um, you know, I've, I've had a received pronunciation almost. I've had you know when they tried to educate me. Dad became an officer. We had to get educated. So I know civil service. <laughs> I know what spoon to use. Damn it! <laughs> every food in the world, there is a spoon. Um, and. We moved it to like rural North Yorkshire as well, so I got a really broad North Yorkshire accent, which I'm planning on using for the um, the fate game. And everyone from up north thinks I'm a southerner, and everyone from down south thinks I'm a northerner. No one thinks I'm a midlander because thank God. And <laughs> no one ever gets it right. No one ever says, "Oh, right, forces kid." No, um, I know what you mean. It's that it's that thing, isn't it? It's that, how to be interesting, always be slightly foreign, no matter where you are. I think that's that's the thing that um, makes us popular in the states because ah, for some reason, mm. no one listens in Wyoming. Wyoming, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no one in Wyoming listens. This is big square, like literally square. It's the most boring state, <laughs> um, and it's just. For some reason, it's like the only space left on the map. <laughs> we've had listens in South Africa, we've had listens in India, we've had you know, Croatia, or every, like at least one, just about everywhere, apart from Wyoming. <laughs> so fuck you, Wyoming. Go back to shagging your cows or corn or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, talking about accents, though, my absolute favourite has got to be a little bit of West Country. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love the West Country accent. It's brilliant. Unfortunately, you guys are going in the wrong direction, but there is a country in the world that has a strong West Country accent. Um, but yeah, I love the West Country. Got to ham it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just great. That was Sabrina's Facts of the Week. Playing tonight. Hi, I'm Adam A. I'm playing Hetty Clemmer, an elderly human tavern owner. She's slightly crippled with a bad back. She has a sharp wit. She's good with the common people and tries to make friends with anyone. And... Hi, I'm Biddy, and I'm going to be playing Barrel Bill Clover. He is a stoic dwarf. He's a bit past it, but he's a hard grafter and a bit of a local legend. You were snatched from your beds or from wherever you were sheltering by these assailants. You couldn't make anything out in the darkness. It was all too quick, all too violent. Um, I assume Hetty was actually in the gauntlet when it collapsed and was in the bit that didn't collapse and um, was easy pickings. Where was Bill? Where's Bill Clover? Uh, we, we chatted about this during the day actually and Bill actually knows Hetty from back in the days when he used to actually deliver the barrels to the pub. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they know each other from there. So it, we seen thought it was logical that he was probably in there having a drink at the time. So he was maybe in a different part than where our you know adventurers started off yeah. there. Well, our, our adventurers were. Um, I, I, you were, you guys were in an upstairs room, so you weren't in a tap room. Yeah. You were just hanging out in. in so whereas yeah. Hetty Hetty's established place is yeah. in in the common room by the fire. Yeah, which is the structurally sound part of the building. You know, it's got the chimney breast on it, and you know, uh, probably in the back, probably trapped in there for a little bit while the the corner fell in, and then some. All of a sudden, it's raining dwarves, and mm. yeah, like. I mean, that's an interesting fact. I'd always just assumed we'd been in the tap room as well mm. when we started playing. It never occurred to me that we were uh, anywhere I, other than like in I, the bar. I very clearly had it in my head that you were in an upstairs room, um, that there was a fireplace there, but it wasn't in the tap room uh, because I wanted you to fall. Ah, okay. I want him falling as being part of the thing. If you're on the ground floor, you can't really fall. So, um, the... Sorry, shatter your illusions. So, you found the building um, collapsing off to one side. Uh, you sort of had dust and, and stuff, you know, rising up and uh, other people were in there and you sort of quietened down and doing whatever you were doing and there was a lot of commotion and you were abducted. And I want you to tell me what happened when you were abducted. As in how it happened? Yeah, you tell me. Okay. Well, uh, Hetty, like I said, in her established place by the fire. Um, all of a sudden, the floor drops out from underneath. Chesh is on, I'm going to say, breaks a leg. She ends up tumbling into the corner next to the fireplace. Candles and everything start falling over, knocking themselves out. It's a bit dark, she can't tell what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, this shape appears in front of her. She thinks it's one of the regulars because she knows everybody in the pub. So she reaches out a hand, something a bit cold and scaly grabs her, lifts her up, and uh, before she knows what's going on, she's uh, falling into this hole, being carried by this creature. Okay, do you resist in any way? No. No, she's, okay. uh, she's, she's I want to say disembodied, but no, no, that's not the word. Discombobulated? Yeah, discombobulated is closest thing. Yeah, she's she's not all she's confused basically yeah. what's going on. She's she's just Disorientated, that's the one. Disorientated. Yes. Hey, got there in the end. <laughs> Bill, what happened? When the hole opens up and the tavern starts coming down around his head, he probably gets clocked on the back of the head by something, because he probably he would have put up a fight if he'd been he probably would have been one of the guys that had either had left or would have kind of killed, basically. Mm. So I'm going to say he takes a clock to the head, and he uh, wakes up being dragged through. Well, let's 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 uh, go there because there, there's a contest there. Okay. So this fella is going to come out of the dark. You've still got a bit of light because the the fire's still going, mm. but there's a lot of dust in the air, and that's making it very hard to see, hard to breathe. So uh, it's dusty, it's horrible in there, and someone grabs a hold of Hetty and yanks her away, and then two more come towards you, two more shapes come towards you and try and lay hands on you, what are you going to do? I'm not going to do much of anything to be honest because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit dazed and I'm thinking maybe this is just someone trying to, you know, build these collapse, maybe this is just people trying to get us out, maybe ask who they are. Frank, is that you? <laughs> no response and they come along and they're, and they're going to put hands on you and they're going to try and drag you away by main force. So um, there's two guys on there and uh, I'm going to say that one of them is going to create, try and create an advantage. Um, with that's a plus two, and the other guy's going to try to haul you away. 
so he's got an advantage uh, that you are... In fact, uh, they're going to try to overcome each one, so you're going to try and defend these, okay? So this guy is going to come at you and he's going to uh, try and create an advantage by going around you kind of, and just trying to sort of take, take your back as well as your arm rather than just going all the way from the front. Um, and so that is going to be uh, a plus two. He's going to use a, a clever way of doing that. Uh, are you going to try and resist that anyway? So he's going to sort of just try and get around you. You can see him. I'm going to say that, you know, I've, I've been in my share, fair share of accidents and things over the years. And I kind of feel that Bill feels that the, the, the way in which they're handling him doesn't feel like someone who's trying to, like, help him. Sounds like someone who's trying to, like, just grab him. And it just feels wrong somehow. So, yeah, he's going to try and resist. How are you resisting? I'm just trying to shake his grip to start off with, you know, try and get okay. him away from me. Roll forceful. So, so it starts off with two, then three, and then one. So that is... Um, That's an average. Yes. So you've got average. Uh, unfortunately... He got a fair, which is one better. So it's going to succeed. He creates an advantage. He creates a a, a boost mm -hmm. for his uh, for his friend to invoke. So uh, his friend is going to just grab you by the, by the scruff of the neck, and he's going to roll forceful. Doesn't do very well, um, and that is a minus one. So that is a poor, and he's going to invoke. So that's going to bump him up to an average. And are you going to resist again? Yeah. yeah. Okay, roll a forceful. Um, that is a good. That's a good. All right, then. So you managed to beat these guys out. So you've defended uh, and you've beat them by one. So you don't get a boost or anything off that. But it does succeed. You do shake this guy off and push him back. And uh, as that happens, Hetty is now being taken away, thrown over someone's back and just hauled off. What are you going to do? What the bloody hell are you doing with Etty? At this time, you're going to see a dishevelled little lad come coughing, coughing and spluttering out of the barrel cellar. Completely covered in dust and grime and little bits of rock and stuff. He's just going to come out of the cellar like... <laughs> this is news to you. You've not seen this little lad. And immediately, uh, one of the guys who's been struggling with you goes towards this little lad. And, like, just, just completely just ditch you. Right, fine, lad, go for it. Um, and is going to run up against this lad, cosh to the back of the head while he's coughing and spluttering. He's still got his eyes full of dirt and things. Um, and he's going to... He goes limp and he sort of catches him before he hits the ground. What do you do? Oi, get away from him. Right, I'm going to have you guys... Okay. Keeps changing. <laughs> so this. Um, I'm very good at this. So you you are still held by this one guy who's behind you. What are you going to do to get out of that? Uh, I'm going to try and elbow him to the face. Forceful. Yep. And that is oh, that's um, mediocre. Okay, and defend with quick. And that's going to be a wash, which is an average. Um, so he's going to he's going to keep a hold of you, and uh, he doesn't get any boost on you, but uh, you are held. And his friend is going to turn back towards you and look at the one behind you and just have this kind of look on his face, like, uh-huh, what? Like, someone, he's asking this guy a question, and the guy behind you says, This one has not much fight left. He's going to attempt to crack you on the back of the head. 
and that's going to be a forceful at good. And he's going. So yeah, go ahead. How are you going to avoid this? I think I'm just going to try and lean forward because obviously he's behind me. I can't really see what he's doing. So just like the fact that he's he's obviously going to have to have taken one hand off me to crack me on the back of the head. I'm I'm going to use that to maybe try and twist away. Sounds like quick, quick. So that makes that a great. So that's a great versus a good right now. However, he's going to invoke uh, the, your trouble. You're a bit past it right now. Okay. Which means that he gets a plus two, which means that he's going to go up to a superb from a good. Okay. Anything you want to do? Um, no. He's going to clock you over the back of the head and your lights go out. So you're unconscious and you're being carted out. Yeah. And Hetty, you're not unconscious. Do you want to see if you can shake this or, or if you want to come to or are you going to just stay catatonic and... Um, no, she's she's not going to really struggle. She's an old lady. She's not very strong. She's just going to, uh, as she's being carried away, she's just going to be like, Oh, reminds me of a wedding night. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and, uh, so, <laughs> uh, let's make that an opposed clever roll. <laughs> okay, so I've got... Minus wow. two. That's all four minuses. That's really bad. So that's a terrible roll. Terrible. Yeah. So you make no impact on this guy whatsoever. Not even a titter. And um, so you get you're, you're sort of being bounced out of here. And so you come through this hole in the side of the building, which is now quite large. And they sort of get over one part of the collapsed rubble. And um, there are other hands kind of like moving rubble away and they move down into this gaping like 20 foot 30 foot wide pit and you can see as you go past um, that there are already a couple of bodies in this pit Hetty do you want to make me a clever roll please five no I'm saying five <laughs> three which is a good which is good yep so you see some of these bodies and you notice that they are dressed in red Mm -hmm. uh, these corpses. Um, the guy who's carrying you is also dressed in red. You don't know where anyone else was because you notice at this point. So you're out in the, the moonlight. Um, you can see the, these colours just dimly. So the light of the fire, the light of you know, uh, torches around town, so like that. You can see this red. And you see two bodies, and one of them has frost on it. <laughs> That's what's called a callback, motherfucker. <laughs> so you are unceremoniously sort of bundled down this hole the, the guy who's carrying you um, is, is just running down this hole and you're being scraped along the top of this thing there's no shoring and there's no wood to sort of bang against but you're sort of being roughed around a bit and, and jostled around and um, you run and run and run and, it's, and this guy is just not stopping and his breathing's becoming louder and louder and more laboured and, and this is a real issue for him and just when you think he's probably can fall over he hands you off to another one and you're sort of carried down this chain and you are brought into a large hole as it's sort of this, this tunnel comes down slightly and then up slightly um, and as it's gone up slightly you suddenly feel fresh air and you're in a hole which is just a large opening of this pit uh, so this, this tunnel, it seems like the tunnel's just widened out. And you start feeling the breeze on you again. 
and see the see the moonlight and you're brought out into this area where there are already some other still figures there is a lady who's crying on the floor as you try to look around and get your bearings someone comes forward and puts a bag over your head and the lights go out each of you is going to take a consequence from this Hetty didn't put up much of a fight and so but she will jostle around a bit so you're going to take a mild consequence that consequence is going to be because what consequences a mild consequence is you make a recovery roll at the end of a scene and then it goes away so you sort of carry it through into the next scene and it goes away with a moderate consequence it's something that might last for the entire session okay or reasonable game terms this is going to progress at a rate of days all right so your mild consequence is going to be you were sort of like banged around a bit especially when the guy sort of brought you forward you landed heavy on your knee and sort of you know, came forward so you're going to have a gammy knee and for bill he put up a bit of a fight so once he went down he got a bit of a kick in the ribs so you can have a moderate consequence, which is broken ribs. And that's going to last you for probably the whole session. Okay, cool. Okay. So the way that works is that is, it's not a flat minus. It's, uh, that is an aspect I can invoke. Mm -hmm. um, and I can invoke that basically for free. So there's a difference between me invoking and me compelling. So I'm not making you do something. It's just I'm invoking it. So, um, so the gammy knee would probably go away after couple of days okay you're not going to get much exercise i'm afraid so it's going to it's going to slow heal the next morning you're both woken up and bill is sort of nursing a bit of a concussion been hit pain in your side and hetty you um you wake up you're both in a cart the bags have been removed from your heads you know, you weren't unconscious for all that time, so you were sort of manhandled around and you were forced to walk. You, know, you had a bit of a limp and you were you were aided. You know that. Um, you don't know who aided you, but you were sort of propped up. So no one was going to carry you, but you were propped up. And you were forced up into what you assume is a cart from all the, the creaking. You hear an iron grate shut. The bags were left on overnight, or you assume overnight. And there was a lot of moving, and a lot of shaking. Uh, Bill, you'll have woken up halfway through this. Um, Hetty, you'll have been just rattled around a lot. Um, as essentially, as soon as you were on this cart, you started moving, and the sounds of, of you know cart and horse, or whatever, just overwhelmed anything else. You couldn't really hear much around you unless it was people shouting. But there wasn't much of that going on. It was relatively quiet, other than this, the sounds of this cart moving off. Lots of clinking and clanking. Uh, do you want to both do me a uh, do me a clever? Six. No, five. Average for me. Average and a, fan, a superb. Superb. Yeah. Average and a superb. Yeah. Bill. Um, Bill's gonna have an idea that there are more carts around that are moving. Hetty is going to know full well that there are upwards of a dozen that are moving. And there are other people in this cart with you. You both know that. And as it sort of rumbles on, and you you end up passing out just because you're so tired and it's a stressful thing or whatever, so you end up just passing out. And you're woken the next morning 
bright and early, the bag just being ripped off your head, the sunlight streams in, and you can see your surroundings. What would you like to do? So we're in this cart that's essentially got a cage over the top of it? It does indeed. There is a steel... So there's an iron cage. It's a riveted iron cage. There is enough space to get your arm through, um, which was, you assume, how they ripped the uh, hoods off you without coming in. Mm -hmm. It is lockable, and it, it does appear to be secure. Wooden base. There's some straw in there. Are we restrained in any way within this? You are not restrained. Okay. There are other people in there with you. Can I do a clever roll to see if I know where we are locally? You can try, yeah, certainly. Yeah, cool. Ooh, another five. And tell me, has Hetty... Um, so that, that's a superb. So yeah, you're going to... You, you succeed with style, so you, you the boost that you're going to get is that um, you do know this area, so tell me how does Hetty know the out, at the outskirts of town? Is she not just a town dweller? No, no, no. When she, when she was young, um, she lived outside the caravan. She lived uh, in a village, was a farmer's daughter. She recognises this as an area close to the village where she had lived as a girl before she met her husband. Um, so you, you can take a look around and you've made really good progress it seems you, you look around, you know exactly where you are because these are the fields you use to play in. And as you're rumbling on, you haven't stopped to have this stuff taken off you. Um, as you're rumbling on, you, you start recognising the field pattern and this is getting really close. You're going to recognise that you are actually approaching, they call now, they call it Lakeside. But it's changed that many hands, but the locals call it Kington. Which is its old name. It's never really gone away. It's only about a dozen, you know, half a dozen houses and whatever. So people change slowly. Uh, you you might have been the first person to leave that village for you know however many hundreds of years, um, but the country it was in has changed yeah. several times. Um, okay. <laughs> since this probably changed several times since you've been in it without any actual wars happening or any violence happening. It's just it's one of these border towns. This area is all like that. It all goes back and forth. Sometimes it's in Kotev, sometimes it's in Anish. It's never really made a difference to you other than who comes and gets the taxes from your reef. Mm -hmm. But for the past, say, 100 years or so, it's been part of Anish. So you're approaching Kinton, or Kyneton if you're a local. Mm -hmm. You know that you're coming up there, and, and as you're rolling through and sort of getting your bearings, then a little flask is thrown into the cage and some scraps of meal thrown in as well, it's like a little wrap of meal, um, which is a, just a, like a, a trail bread type thing. Let's see how lucky you are. How many? Yeah, okay. Uh, so the, the, the people throw it in, just, just throw it in and say, eat, drink, and just pass on by. How many people are there in each cart? In your cart, there are six. <laughs> I wonder who those six people are. I'm going to go for the food. Mm -hmm. Stuff. Share it out. Yeah, yeah. just you don't have to roll for it. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the food with the intent to uh, you know pass it around and share it out. Sure, there's there's not many many other people taking initiative here, so. Um, I am, however, gonna yeah, drinking flask. Did you say drinking flask? Yeah, I'm gonna decork it and give it a good sniff first. See okay. if I can figure out what it is. Uh, 
clever or sneaky? Would you say that's clever or sneaky? I'd say that's not clever. I'd say that's clever. Clever, yep. Wow! That is terrible. Um, <laughs> actually it's actually terrible. terrible. It's actually no, terrible. no. It's 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 worse than terrible. I'm off the scale. Terrible. It's minus three, basically. Yeah, it smells funny to you. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I, I I wave it under Hattie's nose and go, give us a second opinion. Uh, Hattie, one. <laughs> so average. Average. Uh, average. This is this is water. It smells a, uh, a little bit manky. Because um, you'd say this is like, this is river water, mm. so it's probably not the best for you, but it'll sustain you. Yeah. Because it's it's where it came out of the river is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> what was up river? Upstream water. Yeah. yeah. Water. It's not like today where river water will fucking kill you, but you know could make you ill. The local bugs are things that you're used to, but you people are city dwellers. You're used to small beer and like that because drinking out of the river in Kerava will flat out kill you because there's tanners and there's. Um, industries and sewers, yeah, and people just flat out piss into it. So it's it's not great. Um, but you don't know where this has come from, so it's water, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so she's just going to say it's, it's water, probably not very clean, but you can drink it. And this little kid um, sort of darts forward and is going to. Sorry, with an average effort, he's going to sort of dart forward and try and grab this out of your hands and take a swig. Are you going to try and stop him? I most certainly am. I'm going to cuff him around the back of the head. Okay, so you're going to do a quick as well. One. So Average, so that's a uh, match. Yeah. So that, that's a tie, uh, which is, uh, as a defence against this thing, is a failure. So he manages to, to get it and he just... You just sort of like waft just as his head's got back and he just like tips it up and gives it a swig. And appears to be sort of like a little sickened by it, and just sort of sits there holding the thing. He's not like grabbing hold of it and holding it tight. He's just like doesn't know what else to do with it now. He's, he's had his drink. Hetty's going to reach over, pluck it out of his hands. She's just going to say to him, "There's more than enough here for everybody." Okay, so yeah, he's he's going to just be the oh, okay. And sort of, he's he's not going to like give it to you. He's just mm. like okay. If you wanted to take it from you probably could. It's, yeah. And she's gonna look at look at the lad and she's just gonna be like, I don't recognise you boy. What's your name? So put this under clever as well, I suppose. No, no, it's just a straight question. Alright, fair enough. Uh so he's gonna he's, he's gonna say Martin. Martin just Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so Hetty wouldn't recognise him, but Bill recognises this is the kid that came out of the cellar in the in the bar. Doesn't seem much cleaned up. He's still very dirty. So Hetty's just going to look at him and say, um, "We don't know how we're going to be treated here. If you want to get through it, you have to share with everybody." He's going to go, uh, "Okay." And he sort of, he's kind of getting the idea now. He's just like he's just sort of sheepishly like hands over this bottle, going like with this look on his face, like, "Is that what I'm supposed to do?" <laughs> he can't be more than like eight years old, eight ten years old. So you've got the, the water back. You've got the food. What are you doing with it? Bill's going to start splitting the bread up six ways, basically. Okay. Just start handing it out. Okay, so you're going to uh, hand it out, and there's there's two young lads who look kind of into working age, so maybe, you know, 14-ish. It's not, not quite come of age, but certainly apprentice age. One of them smells absolutely fucking god-awful. He smells like something crawled into every orifice, died, came back to life, and died again because they smell so bad. <laughs> And his hands are blue, 
just like stain on them. His clothes are mostly leather. He's got like, stuff covering everything, so he's got like his normal uh, woolen greys underneath, and then it's he's got a leather apron and leather bits over him. Um, seems like a uh, he's not he's not quite dressed for work, but you get the idea that he didn't really change. <laughs> and uh, there's another chap, very calloused hands, as he takes his food off of you. He's he's just uh, uh, just really grumpy. It's like whatever. Seems really depressed. And as you give the food and water portion off to this this other guy's uh, this older gentleman, probably got a bit of elf in him. Seems you know he's got that sort of oblong head thing going on, and his his clothes are pretty good, very well tailored. And you'd, you'd imagine he's he's come from sort of richer stock. Um, he's, he's definitely not a noble, though. But he is going to look down at this at this food and just look at it and go, Ugh, and look away. And he's going to take a small swig of the water. Just let, like just put his hand out without looking at you. Take a swig of the water. So he waits for you to put it in his hand. Takes a swig. And he's just like, Ugh, Ugh, dear, God's alive. <laughs> Gives it back to you. Yes. Yes. Mm. He's, not, he's not taking any of the food. He's going to call out to one of the guards that's gone past, and he's going, "Guards, guards, do anything else to eat? Anything else at all than this slop?" And the guards just look at him, come over. You have problems with the food that we have given you this day. Is, is there anything else? I mean, I, I know we're prisoners. I know you probably want to ransom me for a lot of money, but. I need to be kept better than this. I mean, if, if you return me with, with, without proper care, then, then may, maybe you won't get as much ransom for me. Just... We are not interested in ransom. You are eating the same food as we are. You'd be happy with your food. Cooperate. You might get a bit more. Be joyous in your new situation. This is not a time for being difficult or being sullen. And looking over at the chap, he's obviously just like stuck his bottom lip out and properly sulking. This is a joyous time. Your new lives have started today. And he sort of looks over at his friend and they sort of smile at each other. It's like shit-eating grin type thing. <laughs> and they walk away. While they were saying all this, can I have been having a good look at them? Weigh them up? Okay, that will be... Your choice, clever sneaky. Uh, so sneaky is you doing it without them really noticing. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Is, yeah, is, sneaky. Is, yeah. I'm not going to power game this. Yeah. Oh, you can most definitely power game this. Yeah, okay, that was terrible then. Yeah, you look over and they they seem happy. They seem happy chaps. They don't seem like they went to war. They just seem like they're out for a country stroll. Mm. Okay. Once these guys have got out of eyesight, can I have another look around to see if there's any more of them kind of obviously close who can directly see us? Or do we they like... don't get out of eyesight. You are surrounded on all sides by these guys. They are everywhere. You are not shy of someone to talk to you. They are literally around you, like, just thick everywhere. All right. Imagine, like, a festival crowd. It's that packed. Fair enough. Right, bollocks to it then. I am going to have a shake of the door on this cage to see whether it's... Give me a forceful. Fair. Fair. So, yeah, you you give a rattle of this cage, and you rattle it, and the, the base of the wagon rattles as well. So it looks like this is really well made. Okay. Tessie's just going to be like, easy Bill, just like, if we, uh, if we cause a fuss, they might cause us problems. Sit down, 
while she's doing this, she's looking at the bottom of the cart and she's thinking and she's just going to say to Bill, if we stop for camp at night, when it gets dark, we might be able to leave her up the bottom of the cart. It's only wood. What's going to be your approach for the rest of the day? Because I'm not going to say this happens, that happens. So what what are you going to do to, for, for the rest of the day? What's what's your approach here? Well, we've been talking to guards and it's still on my mind. I, can't, I want to ask someone who's walking around us where you're taking us. Okay, so you're going to try chatting up the guards and um, getting information from the, yeah. the, the soldiers around you. Yeah. What is Hetty doing? Um, Hetty is going to do what she does best and try and make friends with everybody in the car. Okay, cool. So, Hetty first. Let's go for... I'm going to say you're going to try and charm people. That's going to be flashy. Okay, I have a zero in flashy, so I'm just rolling. In fact, well, this, no, this is your, your strong point. So, what, what did you envision this as? I don't know, to be honest. Forceful is really more physical, isn't it? So it's not like she's forcing a personality on people. Well, that could be it. Well, I've still got a zero in that anyway, it's, it's, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's up to you to make the case. All oh, right, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to say, because she's, she's been at the inn for years and years, she knows how to read people fairly well. So she's got an idea of what approaches will work best with what people. Okay. The young lad who snatched the wine, mm-hmm. she's going to do flashy with him. Yep. Uh, what was his name? That was Martin. Martin. Okay, so she's going to do flashy with him. Um, she reckons something a bit bright and you know friendly and everything will probably make him perk up a bit. Okay, make roll him it. Feel a bit more welcome. And fails. Terrible. terrible, 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 terrible. Yeah, not impressed. He seems particularly reticent to talk to you. Mm. Particularly reticent. Like you come close, like he just shies away from you in particular. Like Bill, he doesn't seem to have a problem with Bill too much, but he, yeah, something about you is not. Not something he likes. Okay, what about this depressed fella? Okay, she's going to go with... With a calloused hand. She's going to go with careful on that. I've got a one, so... There. It takes a while. You know, you don't overwhelm the guy, and he seems like he's just really out of it or whatever, but you kind of end up figuring out that it's not just that he's despondent uh, here, it's that he's used to other people providing his solutions and things, and it doesn't look like anyone's doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, she'll obviously try and find out his name and stuff. So his name's Ben, mm-hmm. and he's a farmer's son. And they were in town because it's it's summer, so you know they had the, the first of the pea harvest in, um, and they were bringing that in. And while they're in, they're going to sort of find some work, doing some sheep shearing, mm-hmm. and and whatever seasonal things. So they were they were in town. They were about to leave, doing some just itinerant work on the way home, and the alarm sounded, and they had to come in. They have to take shelter, and yeah, they end up getting snatched. Some, some weird shit happens. There's no happened to his dad. Okay. And he's basically constantly asking like you questions that you can't possibly know the answer to. What's happening to us? Where are we going? What are they going to do with us? Mm-hmm. He's asking you these questions. Okay. And he seems to be on the verge of throwing a tantrum um, when you just you you tell him, I don't know. I don't know all the time. Mm-hmm. And eventually, he just—he seems quite angry, but you've kind of got—you've got that, that sort of softly, softly now. Mm-hmm. So you, you've avoided him having a full-on tantrum. Okay. Okay. And the third fella, there is this smelly guy, and there's this aloof guy. Okay. With the smelly lad, she's going to go with careful again. She, she reckons he's probably a bit sensitive about the fact that he smells. Mm-hmm. Um. 
That's fair again. Fair. Okay, yeah. Um, well, the first thing that you're going to get is that he's actually recovering from a bit of flux. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, he's he's had his his period of going to the loo all the time, whatever, and that, that's over. But he's still really weak mm-hmm. from it. Uh, and that was why he was easy to carry away. You get the feeling this guy would probably be, um, you know, a strapping lad. He'd probably be you know, able to work and do his full and fit and healthy, but he was just in a weakened state at this point. And he is not used to having other people talk to him and try and get to know him. And it's it's a bit of an effort, to be honest, to try and get close enough. But you're in a cart, you have to get used to the smell. And he tells you his name is Path. He's a, a tanner's boy. He's apprenticing with a tanner. It just makes sense about the stains and the bits and pieces he's wearing. It's it's hard keeping him and Ben apart because he has no time at all for this guy's whining. Absolutely no time at all. I mean, he doesn't quite have the strength to cuff him around the head, but you reckon if he was feeling tipped up, he'd have smacked him silly a little while ago. And the aloof guy, how are you going to approach that? Um, forceful. Forceful? Yep. She she knows he's, uh, she knows his type. He's... Um... He's not going to respect anything, so she's going to show quite straight off that she's not a woman to be messed with. Okay. And I get a average for that. An average? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're going to get his name. Uh, his name is Alex Nordain. Mm-hmm. He's very proud of telling you his last name for some damn reason. Um, and he's he's not really... He, he, he get, makes you feel like you're very much beneath him. And that... Uh, Obviously, this is a plan to kidnap the better to do in the city, you know, the, the, the better sort in the city. Mm. And you people were collateral. Um, so, <clears throat> so yeah, you people were, were collateral damage. And you, you, you weren't obviously the source of this raid. He he's spends all his time trying to sort of pick out people he knows in other carts and things, and doesn't have much luck. Okay. What's Bill doing? Bill is trying to get the attention of anyone around him. He'll come and have a chat with him. Okay, so do you want to roll me... Uh, what do you want to roll me, actually? He isn't very subtle, to be honest, so he'll probably just be... Hey, you, over there. Yeah, you can get someone over. Yeah. Um, Gavel word. So uh, there's there's about three guys move over. These people don't ever s- travel singularly. They, mm-hmm. they move somewhere, they move in, in pairs and threes and fours. And it doesn't seem to be necessarily orders. It doesn't seem like, oh, I must remember to go with this guy and whatever. It's just they just travel along. You're also going to notice, both of you, that there is an even mix of genders here. It's not all men. There are men, there are women. There's all parts of society seem to be represented here. It's, um, you can't really tell, like, social division and things, but you, you're just looking out. It's a crowd. And it's a crowd that seems an even spread of races and genders and all sorts and shapes and sizes. This doesn't look like an army. So there's uh, three people come over to you. Would you like some help? Uh, well, I suppose you're not going to let me out of this cage, are you? I'd certainly let you out of the cage, eventually. Alright then. We can't risk you running home just now. Some people aren't necessarily happy with their new lives starting now and want to go back to their old lives and they have to be convinced. But, you know, we'll give you time. We'll, 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 we'll try and make as comfortable as we can until we can let you out. Where are you taking us? Taking you home. Yeah, my home's the other way. That's not your home anymore. Alright then, where's my new home? And uh, another one of the three is going to chirp up and, and say, We're going to where the shadows come forth. I'm just going to... Well, Bill's just going to give Hetty a, a bit of a 
raised eyebrow look and then turn back to them. What do you mean by that then? And two of them almost in concert, like not like they planned it, but just almost like it, they're saying at the same, they're just saying at the same time, and they're just, just saying the place of prophecies. He doesn't know at the place of prophecies. Doesn't know the place. Doesn't know. Doesn't know. No, doesn't know. <sighs> I keep forgetting they don't. They don't know. Everyone will know. Everyone will know them. Everyone will know. Yes. Eventually, everyone will know the place of the prophecies. Look, will you quit your babbling and, and just tell us exactly where we're we going or why you're taking us? We've taken you for your new lives. And what will we be doing in these new lives then? We'll be serving. And becoming more than you are. Don't you want to be more than you are? To contribute to something bigger than yourself? This has brought us joy. We were like you once. Look at me, I was a farmer. This dwarven woman, probably in her mid-thirties. Um, she's still got the calluses on her hands from you know using the scythe and the hoe. and She's dressed in browns and greens and... How do they look physically, as in their, their faces and stuff? Because obviously, when they're in the city and they were kidnapping us, there was all lizard stuff going on. These look like normal people, everyday normal human beings. Everyday normal, normal people. Okay. This is basically all you're going to get for all day. It's just people being really happy for you that you're about to start your new lives and be part of something bigger than you are. And every time you try and get specifics on things, it's just yeah. it's just dogma spouted at you. It's the same old line over and over again in a million different variations. But, uh, what did you get, sorry? What was your... I can't remember. Was it an average? Uh, you didn't get anything great, did you? I don't know. I, can't I think, okay, I think so, you got a plus two. I think it was fair. Yeah, something like that. Do, yeah. you, do you want to, um, either of you, expand or to try and expand on the information you've got so far by trying something else? Or do you want to move on to the next scene? can't use any of my things I don't think to get it out of them. I mean I could I could use Grafter to say that I just keep on chipping away at these guys trying to get more out of them but if it's just dogma. Well um, you could mm-hmm. if you want. Yeah. Because uh, I think you, you think you had an average or something like that. That's what you get with that role. If you want to try again and say one person create an advantage, the other person then it's basically one person setting the ball up for you to spike, essentially. Yeah. It's not about me. I make this roll. I make this roll. I make this roll. It's okay. I'm going to set the advantage up so that on this next roll, um, Biddy can roll this and um, invoke, the, and then he can invoke that aspect on it. So he's going to get a plus four on that roll. Do you know what I mean? Really? So he's setting up a massive bonus. So well, about well, I set you up and you talk to them because you're more the people person. Can I try? Yeah. How's about I say to them something along the lines of. Oh, that all sounds very interesting, but uh, my friend here, she's the one who likes all this kind of bol- I mean, uh, uh, stuff. Uh, you'd be much better off telling her, because uh, she'd be able to explain it better to me, you see. So if you talk to her and explain it a bit more detailed, if you can. That sounds like a sneaky. And if you want, yeah. if, you, if you want to throw in a, a fake point after the fact with the grafter, I'll let you do it, but see what your role is first. Oh, uh, that is good. That is success with style. So uh, you're going to get two free invocations on this boost, which is um, that they... uh, What what do you want to say that this this new aspect is? What's the boost you put on them? The first bit of boost is is that they kind of have been viewing me as someone who has not seen the light yet. Mm. But yet, the way I've just introduced Hattie is, ah, someone who who is open to our views. 
so they're got, eager. So they're eager in that spec respect. Great, throw me to the jungles. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, um, no, no, it's one aspect. Oh, okay. You've got it, and then you get two invocations of it. So they're eager. So you can have two invocations that are free. Um, you can invoke it twice in the same go. Essentially, you've got a plus four to your next roll to talk to these guys and get information from them because they are eager. Okay. So, so I, I, I'm going to say I, I kind of elbow Hattie a little bit and go, go on, why don't you have a chat with these guys? Do you want me to roll for that? or No. No, okay. Okay. You, you're in the same car, you heard it. Yeah. Just two feet away from you. <laughs> it's more the nudging that I'm hoping she kind of gets what I'm going on about in the, you know, pump, pump them for information, basically. So, Hetty then is going to use her common touch. Okay. Um, basically, um, she's listened to what they've said so far. She's thinking she's being quite clever. Yeah. She's going to ask them, tell me this prophecy. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'll get two, three, four, five, nine. Nine, holy shit, that's legendary. That's off the scale. That falls off the damn scale. They're going to just like spill everything that they know. And it turns out they don't actually know very much, but um, they kind of dress it up like they do. And, and um, they let you know, uh, firstly, you find out their names are Frida, Harmond, and Elfgar. Frida is, a, is the, the dwarven lady, sort of fairly strongly dwarven, and the other two are kind of an unknown mix uh, of, of stuff. There's most general people are just normal people, really. You're going to know that, uh, notice their clothing is uh, is a mix of homespun and woven. It's, it looks like a real mismatch. Like the person who's wearing Frida's um, like tunic, for example, would be richer than the person who's wearing her trousers. Um, there does seem to be a very mismatch going on thing. Yeah, they're, 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 that seems to be the theme that goes on here. Is it's just all over the place, um, colours, materials, that sort of thing. And out of the corner of your eye, you see someone walk past um, who's, who's actually wearing um, like this flowery silk shirt, and they're just walking past just a normal grunt, you know, whatever. And they are going to tell you that the shadows are their leaders, and the shadow of the black and the shadow of the white are their leaders, and they they, they are the, the harbingers, they are the first disciples, they are the, the leaders of this group, although uh, leading isn't necessarily what they do, it's they, they, they receive divine guidance and pass it down, and it you know, gets it's fed out in their wisdom and guidance. Um, which isn't theirs, it's they just receive it, they're just conduits for it. They, they they pass that out amongst the people and it makes them happy. And They tell you that they're part of a larger thing, a larger organisation, not, not even an organisation, a larger, almost like a living thing, a living, breathing thing that they're part of and it makes them immensely happy. And that um, they each hope for the time when they will be more than they are, like the Chosen. And when they start talking about the chosen, like so their eyes light up and say the chosen, the chosen, and you get the sense that there are there is like a hierarchy in this. That the leaders might just be you know the people who started this thing going. It seems like a cult, to be honest. Um, you know you've you've seen enough religious wackos just yeah, um, like the person preaching on the street corners. You know, these are those people, and um, they've given up their past lives to do this. Some of them were taken forcibly and some of them came willingly. 
but all of them once they're there they kind of they they drop their surnames and they hope one day to be able to take new first names to be reborn in, into the chosen but they haven't gazed upon the prophecy itself that's something that is, is only for the inner circle to look upon the prophecy directly but what they do know is the phrase and the blood will open the ways between worlds and when one of them says it the other the others say it and then that is sort of echoed and it's kind of grows out of hand and it just spreads so it's, it's almost a chain reaction once one person says it another person says it it's all over the place and for a while it's just you just hear that all over the place blood will open the ways between worlds Okay. Fuck, we've been kidnapped by Scientologists. Ah. <laughs> you cover your mouth. There's a, there's a microphone. That's okay. I, I don't want to get the, the crap suit out of me. So that's probably a good thing. Yeah, Scientology sucks, guys. Um, Where are we? <laughs> sucks balls. So many balls. <laughs> so that's the information you're going to get. And you are a bit distracted as they roll through uh, Kyneton or Kinton, or Lakeside, or whoever the fuck wants to rename it this week, you see that there is, just lying in a the street, there's a body. It's dressed in the normal brown, homespun, tunic and trousers. Face down, thankfully, so you don't know who it is. But you know it's someone that you know. And you just roll on through the town. And very briefly, there's a pause at the back of the, the, the column. You don't stop, but you see that a portion of the, the force that you're with, a small portion, stays behind while you roll on, turn south. And as the day wears on, you reach a huge earthen bank, huge ditch and bank, which runs north-south. And you know this by really loads and loads of names, but mostly the King's Dyke is what you know it as. It's, it's, it's older than the hills, this damn thing, and so many people have you know, put roads across it or put bridges in or whatever. Nothing really seems to stick, but people don't tend to try and dig it out and level it or whatever. It just seems like that would be too much work, and it's never really happened, but there are lower bits, there are higher bits, and so you know, planks come out. Most people just like walk down it and scramble up the other side. For the carts, planks come out and uh, traverses made, and roll across rolling along the top of this dike because it's nice and flat there's a road running along it and you recognise that you've actually joined the main north-south road going into Kota and you're going to roll south for as long as people are awake and, and in fact you're going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling and um, night falls and you're still rolling and you're trying, you, you, know, you figure you might as well get some shut eye. You know, you're fed a couple of times during the day as well. People make sure you've got water. No end of people wanting to, you know, try and make make friends and um, make sure you've got enough food and water. It's all the same stuff, but it's what everyone else is eating. They want you to be in good condition. They want you to be happy and healthy and whatever. And if you're going to talk to them, they'll talk to you. But that's all the information you can get so far. So night falls and you end up falling asleep and. You know, you're woken the next day with your water and whatever. It's nice, you know, a little tap on the bars and if you're not waking it's a little shake of the foot. And they're trying to, you know, take care of it. You see Frida as part of another group of about five or six people. They're going to 
bring all of you out. Throughout this time, basically, everyone else in the cart has been just keeping their heads down. And this haughty elf has been kind of been, don't you think about that, but don't you think about that. I suspect their leader will want to talk with me soon. You know, that sort of stuff. Uh, so we'll probably get back to some, get back to their keep and we shall, uh, they shall, they shall die in me and we shall talk about my ransom and, uh, we shall get on with the finer part of war. Right, yes, yeah. I suspect you will be killed. That's, that's a shame. As you approach dusk on the second day, you've just been moving non-stop, making really good time. You're stopped, Frida, about five or six other people come along, and they open the cage. And Frida says, The Shadow of the White will see you now. Rejoice. This is an honour I've only had myself once. You might not get another one. And she asks all of you to step out. Alex Nordane stands up and says, No, finally, yes. And says, I'd have thought, not to you. These two first. They have shown promise. And you are led to a tent over the sounds of his coughing and spluttering and bah, well, bah, bah, how dare. Just just before we let off, can I have uh, Hetty do something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's an old lady, she's a bit bony. She's gonna prod Alex in the chest and just say to him, um, if I was you, I would think on the words blood will open the way between words worlds and she's just gonna climb out of the cart. Yep. That sort of leaves him sort of startled and uh, what? Ah, nonsense. And uh, <laughs> so you're led out, and just the two of you are led towards an area where they've set up a few tents, as it looks like you're sort of stopping for the time being. You're brought into this tent. It's, it's a fairly large tent. There's enough space in there for a, there's a, there's a table set up. There's, um, there's a couple of cots there. It's not lavish, but there's space for work to happen. And there are two folding chairs. Just little stools and a bit of leather stretched across them. And there's a third sat there. And you're brought in, you're asked to sit. You're asked, would you like refreshment? Would you like some water, some food? Water and food is the same that you've been having all along. So, and a little pitcher is left on the table. There's a little bit of food left on the table. There's going to be two people sat with you. One of them is Frida. And she's going to say to you, you don't understand, but we have to stay with you. You know, I mean, technically we are, we are guards. But I don't want you to feel like you're, you're that, that you're being watched. Really, you know, this is a friendly place. But you, you, you must understand. We can't just let you wander off before we know your intention. Just smiles at you. <laughs> uh, how how do you want to respond in this situation? I'm just I'm still a little bit taken back here. This is if I had an idea in my head as to how this would go. This is about way over there, <laughs> as to where I thought it was actually going. Um, Good. <laughs> um, you've got this unerring ability to throw us curveballs, and then make us look like idiots while we sit here going, uh, brr, yeah. well, I edit those out. No, yeah. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I edit the others out. Okay. Hetty's been thinking on this for a while. She's just going to look at Frida and basically she's going to use a, use a clever and she's basically just going to say, so we're talking a full sacrifice here. <laughs> okay. Fair. 
and everyone in the room is going to laugh. Go, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Why would we want to sacrifice you? No, 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 no. Some are chosen to be reborn, and some go on to higher things. No, not sacrificed. We're not savages. <laughs> There's a sort of ripple of laughter. So what's all this nonsense about the blood, then? That some things aren't supposed to be known until you are ready, and we are not sure that you are ready. If you wait, the shadow of the white will see you and will determine if you are ready. And there's a, a sort of small commotion outside, just the sound of people moving through a crowd, and uh, sort of just the sound of that. The blood will open the waves. The blood will open the waves. There's a bit of a hush afterwards, you know, respectful silence, and the tent flap is, is opened. And uh, through it ducks uh, what you'd assume is a, is a lady, maybe elf, quite tall. Um, elves tend to be fairly tall. Could be a human, you know, you don't know. Um, she's wearing robes, and they are pure white. You've never seen something that white in your lives before. You know, um, you think maybe sort of some linen stuff occasionally, but to you that's, that's grey now. Um, this is absolute shimmering white stuff. It doesn't quite sparkle, but it's it's just the most bleached white you've ever seen. And <clears throat> uh, it's there's a hood, so you can't really see any details. And she's sort of faced away from you. As she turns towards you, you both are going to have to roll a roll a careful for me, please. You're going to need a great zero. So mediocre? Oh, wait, no. Yeah, mediocre. Okay, you're both going to take... So, yeah, mediocre and... Good. Mediocre and good. Bill, you're going to take one point of mental stress. Hetty, you're going to take three. I've only got two slots. Uh, that means that you need to fill those two slots and mark them off. Not not permanently filled, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you are going to have to soak that extra one somehow. And the way you do that is use up a consequence. Okay. And if you haven't got a consequence slot free, you have to fill up the next one on. So you're going to take a moderate consequence. Okay. Uh, would it not be mild? For. Oh, yeah, because. Because you've only got one oh, slot. Oh, I was going to say. Didn't, didn't... Sorry, yeah, yours was mild, mine was moderate, so sorry. But, yeah. but didn't we end the previous scene? We should have rolled to. Recover. No, this, this is where it comes back. This this uh, I've sort of rolled it up to this point. Yeah? Okay. This is what happens when you're low-level characters, and this is sort of horror-ish. You, you, you get less control. You know, technically, yeah, you should get a chance to sort of re-roll and that sort of stuff, but you haven't had a chance to walk around and make a recovery yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Surely, with a gammon either, resting it is the best option. Yeah, but you're in a cart being like shoveled mm-hmm. around all the time. You can't stretch it. You can't walk around. You can't. Yeah, you know, stuck in one position, just sat down. Yeah, no, yeah. that'd be terrible. Sorry, actually. Yeah. And uh, you've already got a moderate one, but you've you've just taken one point of stress. Yes, so I'm fine. I've still got. So you've taken that stress. So any more stress, and you have to start soaking that up with consequences. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, a moderate. Ta- sorry, a minor takes up two stress. Uh, a moderate takes up three. Major three. So you're gonna uh, have a moderate uh, stress there, which is you are in awe. No, you're terrified. Okay. Uh, in fact, no. Do you want to be? Do you want to be in awe, or do you want to be terrified? I'm going to go with in awe. Okay. So, as well, you might want to uh, hear what you've been terrified by, uh, or you're in awe of. Well, you'd have to tell me that before I can decide. Okay. This lady turns around, and you know it's a lady because as she turns around, you know you see, you see the, the curve of the hip and the breast, and you know this is this robe is cut quite finely, and 
as she turns around, her hands come out of her sleeves and there are three fingers, a thumb and two fingers, essentially. There are claws on the end as well, just like, you know, single large claws on the end of each one. She just brings her hood back and there's no hair. There's a snout and there's like a, a row of little spines coming up the middle of the, the snout and up past the forehead. Um, and there's what looks like the start of a frill on the back of the head on, on both sides. This thing sort of comes up, uh, comes into two bits, and then there's like a, a, the beginnings of a frill which is sort of tinged with blue, but the rest of her is just marble white. As she turns to you and she smiles and her mouth is full of razor-sharp teeth. Okay, so, yeah, she'd be terrified. She has very human eyes. And she sits down on the chair. On the, she sits down on this folding stool opposite you. Just with her hands in her lap, folded over. And she's going to say, Hello, my name is Maya. I am the Shadow of the White. And I am here to show you your new lives, if you will accept it. I will give you this chance to become part of what we are building here. This new world. This world of wonders. This world of transformation. Will you be with us? As the blood opens the ways between worlds. What do you have to say? I'm just going to lean in ever so slightly and go, Fucking hell, love. What happened to your face? And... <laughs> <laughs> um, using a look back and just not miss a beat what Servan goes I was chosen and then I was taken up and I have become more than I was I was a serving mate in my previous life did that surprise you to know? I think most things about you would surprise me at the minute love she just has this little laugh and uh, says my friends tell me that you are most interested both of you in our ways, wanted to know more. What would you like to know? Please ask any question. We are friends here. And she's going to roll. She's going to roll a sneaky <clears throat> on you. And that's going to be. Uh, you are going to need a great in careful. No, I got fair. Would you like to throw Good. in any fate points? Yeah, yes. go for it. For what? What do you mean for what? That's a plus one. If you give me a reason, oh. based on your aspects, that's a plus two. Okay. Based on my aspects, I'm going to say sharp wit. Because mm-hmm. she's terrified, she's not trusting this lady. So she's going to... That's, that's your sharp wit? Yep. So that's uh, a plus two, so remember that. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to say the fact that he's so stoic that he's... Re- taking this reasonably in his, in his stride. Yeah, I mean, using your high concepts. Yeah. Good one. Okay. Uh, so that gives you a plus two. So, superb. Yeah. That gives me a great. Gives you a great, so a draw and an even. However, you are terrified, which I'm going to invoke on you for free. Okay. So you are going to take a minus two. So I'm only on a fair. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bill, I'm going to say that she's going to invoke one of her fate points. She has this commanding presence. You sort of look into her eyes. You can't look anywhere else. Like she commands this room, and 
there's a part of you that kind of almost feels drawn to that like it would be good to serve this woman that's like you know that's why nobles are nobles and surely that's like an ordained thing and there's a reason that some people rule and some people follow and maybe this this woman is is, is born to rule and um so that's going to knock you down too so that's going to knock you down to a good damn back to where i started yeah so in that sense so she's beating at this moment is there anything else you would like to do any other fate points you'd like to cash in no yeah I, i'm i'm going to use the fact that i'm a local legend and i kind of feel a little bit of pride about that and the fact that I don't feel like I can be overcome so easily. Okay. Yeah. Spend it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm back up to superb. Back up to superb. Yeah. Okay. Hetty, you feel like this this woman is reasonable. She's she's in control. You've not felt threatened at any point. I mean, yes, you were abducted, but maybe they've got a point. Maybe this is for your own good. What's wrong with starting a new life? You you, you live the old one enough. You're starting, you're starting to think, you know, oh, okay, we should got a point. Can I tell you what I'm thinking? Yep. I'm thinking, I've been kidnapped, I've got a bunch of loonies around me who are all re- spouting out the same bollocks about nonsensical bullshit, and I've got a half-woman, half-lizard in front of me trying to cast some magical spell over me with her eyes, and I'm just not buying any of this. There's something totally wrong here, and I'm not down with it. She's going to lay it out for you. So she says to you, Is there anything I can do to prove my good intentions here? We are trying to help you, really, we are. Right. If you want to prove how good you are, you're going to give me a pitch, and then you're going to leave it totally up to me as to whether I stay or walk away. You are, of course, free to make your decision. You're free to make whatever decisions you would like. Of course, you'll take the consequences of those decisions, be they good or bad. As we must all. And Hetty's going to say, what happens if we say no? She is going to look a little bit more serious. And she's going to say to you, you are all destined for a new life. That is certain. That will not change. What is not certain is what the quality of that life will be. You will all serve. We all serve, but some serve, and she looks around, in a better way than others. Some serve in a way that I do not envy, although what they give is gladly received. She's going to look at you and she's going to double down on on Bill and say, my pitch, my pitch, I am not a common saleswoman. I am the shadow of the white. That and means, I that means nothing to me. I have no idea what that is still. That will be made clear to you if you decide to engage with us, to embrace what we bring. That will be revealed to you in time. If you're all so high and mighty and everything you say is so good, why didn't you come and ask us? Why did you have to kidnap us? Why couldn't you just come to our gates and say, by the way, we've got this to offer you. It's up to you. There is wisdom in your words. These decisions are not mine to make. I want you to make a clever roll, sorry, a forceful roll. Um, And you are going to be at, you're going to try and beat a great. 
now fair. Anything else you want to throw in? You want to help no. him out? Well, we'll develop this then. So she talks to him and, and starts saying these things. Bill seems to start sort of almost visibly waver, and just out of the almost like out of the corner of your eye, you, you see like almost um, maybe it's maybe it's a sound, maybe it's a, a, a light. A, a, you, 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 it doesn't make any sense to you, but something is something's happening, and well, and he, he seems like he's. His, his eyes kind of like half close and as, as he starts kind of responding he's sort of starting to slur his words a little bit you see that happening what would you like to do? Well she's terrified she doesn't want to face this on her own so she's just going to jab him in the ribs with her elbow Okay and um, I'm going to say for a fate point that um, this situation is really stressful and it's you, you sort of it's really unusual and you're, you're, out of, you're out of relevant and you can't resist making a joke Crap. at this lady's expense. Okay. Do I have to come up with a joke? Or you can give me a fate point and refuse the compel. Okay, no, I'll go with it. You go with it? Yeah, go with it. Um, she's just going to elbow me in the ribs and she'll just say, um, I think she's trying to get you into bed. <laughs> you know, just just in your head, you were kind of like it was a bit of a double entendre. It's kind of oh, trying to get you into bed, oh, sexy, and the other half of it is trying to get you like on board mm. by that expression, <laughs> by in bed. So it's so, it, so you know, it's got the potential to go either way. Roll me a clever. Average. Yeah, this this doesn't fall well. So. She's going to actually start to look angry now. She's going to look at you and... Okay. You make a forceful roll and it's going to have to beat a good... Nope. <laughs> by how much? Average. You're average? Okay, so she beats you by two. Um, and as she looks at you and says, this is not the time for levity. And you absolutely just snap to it and just like, oh! you feel you feel a great need to apologise. Bill is going to feel that, that this woman is, this woman is, is, is not just superior to you. She's, she's your friend. She's trying to help you. The, the words that she said, I mean, you, you, you felt like she was... Um, being a little bit sinister, but you realise that you you can't tell everything, you know? Can you? You, you know, there's there are stages to things. You don't just come in and, and tell everyone your secrets straight away. That's not how friends work. But you know, she's your friend. Okay, uh, I'm gonna nudge Hattie and go. I uh, don't think she thought that was very funny. Uh, an apology might be a good idea. Hattie's not going to apologise. Um, Hattie's. Gonna look her in the eye. Uh, she's gonna use a false fall. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna say, if you want us to make a decision, it should be an informed decision. I want to know what's involved in this before we do it. Okay. Just so you know, you're gonna have to be a fantastic. Yeah. Because you're going it's directly against this woman's will. And fail miserably, getting okay. minus one, so it's a poor. Okay, so uh, let's let's have a look at these fate points. What what can you do? 
Is there anything you can do? Even if I spend them, they won't do anything for me. Okay, so um, you look, you look at her and, and, and you, your your attempt to kind of like out ego her is has utterly failed, and you just look into her eyes, and this is just this withering look in her eyes that isn't hatred or like that. It's just it, it's that look of really, like, and you realise that I'm very demoralised at this moment because you realise that she has completely and totally outclassed you here like you you couldn't touch her like your joke didn't land or anything like that it's like this woman is so many levels above you you get that very strong feeling and you are in fact going to take another point of mental stress damage yeah so you've got nowhere to put that so you're going to have to take a severe Mm -hmm. consequence that severe is something that is just one level below an actual aspect that becomes permanent so this is something that lasts a long long time Mm -hmm. so I'm going to say that now, instead of being just terrified, you are still terrified right now. You're afraid, but you are now in awe, and right. will be for a long time. You have awe for this lady, okay, for whatever that means to you, to Bill as well. Yeah, you are going to take two additional mental stress damage. Okay, so that's uh... just a meta game. She cast a spell. Oh, okay, you've got two to soak up. Fizz. Right, okay. A mild would do that. A mild would take up two. Yeah, so mild then. You are charmed. She is going to look at both of you and say, This is an offer I will give to everyone who was received from your town, from your villages, from your lands. I will give this to everyone equally. No one is held above or below anyone else. If you join us, you will be taking on your merits, your willingness to learn, learn our ways, to integrate with us, for our goals to be your goals. That will determine how far you go, and how much is revealed to you, and in what ways you may serve us. So think carefully. Would you like to join our family and start your new lives? Roll. What you, what, I, I, what, what, is, what is your response? My response is I want to do a clever roll to start off with just to see if a look, even if a, a tiny little voice in the back of my brain can be going she's charming you she's charming you okay. to try and snap him out of it before I then make clever, a decision. Clever and that's going to be um, it's going to be a good do you need? Um, so <laughs> no average it doesn't matter what kind of dice system I'm rolling with. I, I uh, do you want to throw? Do you yeah, want to throw fate points? You got fate points. Uh, you got a fate point. <laughs> no, because because that isn't the way it was going to go. Um, I kind of already made my mind up as to what I was going to spend that for, and the fact that I, the little voice is is being completely overshadowed basically means that yeah, I'm kind of charmed. The way fate points work is that at the end of a session, yeah, or the start of a new session, you get your three back. You go up to three. So, um, if you, and we've got five minutes left. So, no, I was going to. Oh, s- me, that's gone fast. Yeah. I was just going to say that the way in which I was going to play it was if, if I managed to succeed in realizing that I was being charmed, I, I was going to use my last 
fake point to essentially do an all-out try and fuck her over, basically. You can you can do that now. I mean, you know, what did you get? As far as I'm concerned, I'm still I'm still charmed and kind of like under the spell. Basically, what, what did so you actually get? I got two pluses, two minuses, so cancelled each other out, and I only have one clever, so it's just an average. Average. Uh, you could go up to good, and you would uh, you're trying to overcome, so you would succeed at a minor cost. If you put a fake point in, yeah, it was my, my decision was it, in my head. I was basically saying I either succeed in trying to overcome her spell, or I fail. In which case, I go along with it. If I was to succeed, I was then going to use this to essentially attack her and as, as a because I knew it was going to be that was going to be probably the last thing I ever did. So it was going to be like all or nothing. You could do that now. You could make that this roll. That that could be your success. Is that you manage to shake it off and you go for it? Okay then. Yeah, in that case, yeah. Okay. So, and what aspect are you invoking for your two? I, I um, could go for Drafter. No, um, yeah, Local Legend again. Local Legend, awesome. Okay, um, so that brings you up to a an even with that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good as well. Hetty. Well, considering that she's terrified and in awe, Hetty's going to give in. So she's just going to like bow her head. Well, this is your opportunity to overcome those things. Yeah. So those are your obstacles to overcome. Do you want to try and overcome? You've got three fate points. Hmm. Now, if you can throw everything you've got at those, even just putting a fate point in because will get you a plus one, um, right. but without any reason. But if you can think of reasons and a part of your aspects and aspects on this scene, maybe <clears> things you want to invoke on this scene, maybe a declaration you want to make, you've got three fate points. You can get plus six to a roll here if you can... There are aspects on this scene, and if you can guess them, if you can figure them out, then you can invoke them. So do you want to try and resist this, or do you want... Does your character literally want to do this? Being an, uh, being an old old bird, she's probably quite set in her ways anyway. Well, you've got elderly there, so you can invoke elderly, because um, she's set in her ways. That'll be a plus two. You could... Um, um, she's, she's slightly crippled, she's not really got anything to lose. Okay, by resisting, so yeah, so yeah. try to save herself. I'm, I'm going to say, she's, she's maybe a sharp wit. Um, she, everything this woman's been saying still doesn't sit quite perfectly. She doesn't she doesn't like what's being said. Okay. Even so though the woman's putting fluence on it. Yeah, so the sharp wit's overcoming that. So, make your roll. Okay. What roll are you making? Um, I'm going to go with a clever. Clever? Cool. Yeah. Um, you try and take this off? Yeah. God, please. One, seven, nine. Nine? Yeah. Legendary. Plus one legendary. Uh, which is so far above her good. Okay? So you are six above her good. Mm. Alright? So, you start to come out of this and, and you're sort of, you're both of you are sort of starting to protest and it looks like Bill is Sort of about to stand up and do something and do something stupid and it's all about to happen and she seems to sense this and she firstly is going to invoke um, let's uh, just give me a character sheet okay so you were on good so firstly you are charmed and you feel that clamp down upon you a bit a bit harder and as you start to rise she gets there first and she just puts a hand on your shoulder and presses down and your broken ribs shouldn't send you this sort of shock of pain and it's, it just breaks your resolve for that moment. So she's going to actually invoke both the chant 
uh, consequence and the broken ribs consequence to bring you down by four, which <laughs> brings you down to a paw. <laughs> yeah. And... And this is why I don't like fate. <laughs> for... Bear in mind I underpowered your characters. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, although this could have gone in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So I'm just saying it. And... She didn't roll very This could have been so much quicker. Uh, she didn't roll very well. Um, and she's going to look at Hetty and look at Bill and say to both of you, sort of in the context of this this new kind of move that's going on, just think very, very carefully. And she's going to invoke terrified and in awe. Brings you to minus four, which is uh, nine... Uh, so that brings you down to a five, doesn't it? Superb. Superb, which is still above good. So I'm not going down in a blaze of glory yep. then. Yeah. However, she's also going to invoke her Shadow of the White, which I'm not going to tell you what it is, because some things don't need to be reasons. <laughs> which brings her up to a, uh, which brings her up to a superb, which means you're a draw. Uh-huh. And then she's going to invoke cult leader. She's got all these people around who are going to draw in. And you're suddenly reminded that not only is this woman herself terrifying and awe-inspiring, but there is a goddamn army out there. And what the fuck are you going to do? And we'll end there. <laughs> Fate is owned and distributed by Evil Hat Productions. The song was Shards of Glass by Louis Brabus and the Bedlam Six. Any questions, comments and feedback? Get in touch with us at swordnutradio at gmail.com. That's swordnutradio at gmail.com or at swordnutradio on Twitter. As well as the bloopers, we've got some discussion for you. And after the bloopers, we have about 15 minutes of character creation. Thanks for listening. I think we'll end there. And therefore, all eternity, really, because yeah. chances of this coming around again are quite rare. But, uh, well, not that rare. I don't, I don't think we'll be playing those characters again. Yeah, I, you know, we're, we're now going to be Borg. Who says? Yeah. Um, new character sheets, please. I had genuinely every intention there that if if I could shake it off, uh, shake shake her presence off me, I was going to try and smash the chair over her head. <laughs> I, I, I pretty much decided that. I didn't like what she was selling, and I wanted. I'd rather kind of just go out and play the glory. She had three fake points, just like you guys. Yeah. She used all of them. Um, if she'd had to use those before, then you know she'd been out of them. Mm. Uh, but you guys don't know how many fake points NPC has. That sort of. Thing. Yeah. Um, so these are getting kept. Okay. Okay. Um, all those character sheets are getting kept, and we will see them in the main game at some point. Ooh. It might be. The fact that we come back to it and actually play them. Um, we play another Fate Accelerator thing. Mm. That wasn't bad. Character creation and a game in two hours. Yeah. Especially when I was late. Fate is interesting. I it was halfway through that, uh, it kind of dawned on me, oh yeah, it's, it's like it's like the Star Wars one. It's, it's, it's pros and cons and they cancel each other out. Mm. That was because they're going, oh, add this, and then minus that. And I just went, oh no, I don't need to do that. They don't count because they've cancelled each other out. And then, yeah, it made more sense. Yeah. So there's, there's stuff there. Which, if your characters act with any of that knowledge whatsoever, I will bone you so damn hard. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, I am really... Do you know what? Something I, I just really want to do out of character is is just make... No one kind of like glances and nods and... Oh, so it's... Oh, it's not, just because Mike doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah. About any of this. Yeah, no, no, wink, wink. That is the life. bit that is amusing me about this. Yeah. But uh, essentially what you've done is given me six NPCs, uh, mm. which is good. 
Um, I had so many damn Kotovari names here. I've got like 20 Kotovari names. Do you want my background sheet for those characters then? Oh yes, please. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just need a ting. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a live button. There's a, a, a podcast I started listening to called Godsfall, and they're listening. They are listening, fuckers. Um, you're brilliant. And every time, it's it's very much produced like this. And they're brilliant, they're really, really, really good. Um, really good approach to the campaign. And it's very produced like this, but every time, uh, he's, he's a, the, the DM is an old 3.5 guy. Mm. So he will uh, keep making mistakes, like what are the saving throws and what are the skills and that. And every time he does, he's got this huge, like, eh, buzzer. <laughs> and then one of, one of his players corrects him, there's a ting. <laughs> brilliant, yeah. Uh, give them a listen, they are really, really good. Um, so, Link stuff like this on our page. I should, yeah. I, uh, Although, would, would, would we risk losing listeners? No, <laughs> if they'll have like two hours of stuff to listen to rather than one, you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I will never ever shy away at recommending other podcasts because why the fuck not? Yeah, well, we want to get mentioned, so it's only fair. Share and share alike. <laughs> poke, poke. <laughs> this is commodity, damn it. Yeah, um, sell yourself. Yes, you balls. <laughs> Mopeds. Yeah. Just why? I was going to say why are they loud, but just why? <laughs> why mopeds? Anyway. Oh, I'll bother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's playing Tom tonight. Um, Catholics, for example. <laughs> uh, oh, the whole of Catholicism. I, I, I don't think I'm going too far. Most because the Catholics will agree with me, they mourn <laughs> in their faith and then pretend I, it's good. I can agree. What's I am Catholic. <laughs> So well, it's okay. all about you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're not going to do the tap that aspect. Um, this is from the nights of the night, and I can't get it out of my head. Okay, I can't believe we're. All right. Um, so happy about how that works? Not in the slightest, but I'm sure we'll, I'll pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. New spell. I want to answer that. Damn it. <laughs> get you on the air. Um, so, hi, you're live on Solomon Radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be Don't brilliant. Don't say shit on Mark's. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, my job. Yeah. None of us can stop playing with these dice. It's what is it that's different about these dice to normal dice? Because <laughs> we I, don't I do know. this normally. I know, It's maybe it's because we're used to lots of different sized dice and therefore they don't Size and shapes. Yeah. And so it's, it's a bit chaotic in hand, but these are all the same, I think, so they, they, they fit nicely together. I think it's also the fact that when you've got all the different ones, you might pick up a d20 and play with that, because it's a d20, play with that. Whereas these, because they're all fade dice, it feels right to play yeah. with them all. There will be that sound yeah. all the way through this down thing. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Mike's not here, so one of them's has to. Where are you? <laughs> there you go. Blood will open the way. The 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 blood will open the way. Yeah, and say I love doing this because this is all out of character information for you guys. <laughs> your your main characters don't know any of this shit. Yeah. My name is. <clears throat> yes. Hello. <coughs> much better. Much better now. <laughs> so. First character, who wants to go first? When you say go first, you mean introduction or No, we're just we're just gonna go through it. This is gonna like get stuck at the end of the character creation too. 
right. Um, all right, first character then. Um, Barrel Bill Clover. Mm-hmm. Bill Clover, people call him Barrel. Barrel Bill. Yep. All right. And what's his high concept? He's a dwarf. He's a grafter. He's a bit past it. And he's well known. Okay. So uh, is, that's his high concept? High concept, yeah. Those are three different aspects. Grafter, well-known, dwarf, or oh, bit past it. Yeah, those are three different character aspects. So put those in. Um, is Which one of those is going to get him in trouble? Um, probably the fact that he's a bit past it. Okay, put in his trouble, a bit past it. And then the next two aspects are going to be a grafter, and well known, or do you want to uh, say like man about town, or um, um, think the pithy way to say it? Because it's you, you want to be able to try and squeeze that into as many damn things as possible. He's got a reputation. Well, it, it comes about from the fact that in his youth he, he got the nickname Barrel Bill. Um, did did you read the character bios? Uh, yeah, briefly. Right. Okay. So um, Barrel Bill has got the nickname Barrel Bill because in his youth he used to be able to pick up a barrel off the. Um, uh, barges? Barges, that's the one. God, I wrote this down myself. Like the barges off the river by himself, and he got a bit of a reputation for that. Uh, what people don't really understand is the fact that he didn't used to do it with his bare hands, he used to do it with a rope and pulley, which in itself is still quite impressive, but not nearly as impressive as everyone thinks it is. But as a result of that, kind of people know him, and he's got this kind of like slightly legendary kind of background to him. Yeah. So I don't know how that, that translates into a one word kind of he's well known he's got a reputation he's I don't know what any suggestions he was toast to the town or he was a local legend yeah local legend local legend yeah yeah okay so that's pretty easy character creation so what is his high concept that's those uh, things about him are things that other people would say what would he say what's what is what makes this guy tick? So a dwarf would be in there. Uh, without repeating what I've just said. Um, retired dwarf labourer with a heart of gold. I oh, know that's too long. Um, Semi-retired dwarf and softy. No, he isn't though. He really isn't. Um, he might be working at the orphanage, but there yeah, are he doesn't no, like kids. There are no orphanages. There are no orphanages. That, that thing does not exist. Children can be put to work and someone is always ready to take a kid to work. Okay. What about in that stage before they're ready to be put to work like in the like one to five age bracket people will take a child or they won't most people will take a child he's ruining our cunning plan yeah yeah no orphanages I'm afraid oh god we thought we'd bypass that rule you see I'm sorry but there's no absolutely no way that nobody in this world could be an orphan no it's not that there are no orphans it's that there are no orphanages Orphanages by themselves are a really recent concept. Ah, right. right. Yeah, no orphanariums, I'm afraid. Okay, then. Where does he work, then, as a, as a caretaker, then, if he can't work at the orphanage? What's a good replacement for that? Well, mm. stables. bear in mind, <clears throat> there's no such thing as retirement with this unless you're rich. And he's not really, doesn't sound like he's rich. So he will do something to earn his keep. That's not necessarily earning a, earning a wage. It's mm. making himself useful and thus earning his room and board. 
most people will be working at subsistence level. The vast majority of people will be working at subsistence level. If you start making any sort of profit, then you're probably in a different class. Mm. Okay, so he's a, he's a hard-working dwarf that's past his prime. Could that be a high concept? That feels quite repetitive of the, the aspects. Uh, it, it is it is quite repetitive. So let's say um, <clears throat> um, what what's what? How would he describe himself? I mean, uh, or, or how would someone who knows him really well describe him? How would someone big him up to someone else? Um, because they're not going to say if someone's to describe me, they wouldn't describe me as Paul. Oh yeah, he's he's a great heritage expert. No. That's not the first thing that would come up. I am, but that, that's not the first thing that would come up, is it? Is um, is what's this guy like? So oh, he's all right. Is that is that kind of all right? Thing. In that case, then he's a hardworking. Imagine dwarf. you're his wingman. He's, he's a hardworking dwarf, but he keeps to himself. Um, okay then. Um, so let's say. Um, but he has got a bit of a heart. He doesn't. Though. No. Well, no. Yeah, he... Not really. He doesn't. He's just kind of grumpy. He's a bit grumpy. He's not. He's not necessarily vindictive or mean or anything. He's just generally not really much of a people person. Stoic dwarf. Hmm. God, I've not this out more times. It's all right. I'm doing the same. <laughs> Bear in mind that that any any one of you generally will be. Um, there's almost no such thing as a pure breed in this world. Um, well, there, kind, there kind of is, but there's, there's, um, they're, they're rare. There's so much mixing of the races that that dwarf will have some elf in him and maybe some human. And, well, pro or almost definitely some human. All of you will have, well, every character in the world that's ever been here will have some human in their background. It's... Okay, so he's a stoic, stoic, hard-working dwarf. Just stoic dwarf, because you've got uh, Grafter as yeah. one of his aspects. Clover. Barrel bill clover. Yep. Um, so then it's grafter. Oh no! So what's get, what gets him in trouble is bit past it. Uh, bit past it. Um, I think grafter. Maybe, maybe he maybe he believes that he's not. Do you know what I mean? Like he'll occasionally want to try and prove himself a bit. Mm. So it's, it's got to be like there's give and take, and there's there's ways in which you can take that and sort of just spur him on a bit. Uh, and then grafter and. Uh, local legend. Local legend. Why do I always put D in? Two Ds in legend. Anyway. Um, okay. So that's Barrel Bill. So let's look at Adam. So who who is this person? Okay. Hetty Clemmer. Hetty Clemmer. C L E double M E R. Yep. Good name. Um, she's an elderly human tavern owner. Her trouble is she is slightly crippled. Mm -hmm. She has a sharp wit, a dirty humour, and she is very sociable, especially okay. after a couple of cherries. Sharp wit, dirty humour. That's basically the same thing. Oh no, no they're not. <laughs> dirty humour and... So she's sociable. In terms of those, mm -hmm. we need to break that out a bit. Okay. So, um, so... Slightly crippled. Mm -hmm. In what way? What? What's? What's? She's story? she's elderly. Um, she just can't. You know, she's slightly infirm. She needs a stick to walk. 
Um, so it's what gammy knees back. I'd say back. Okay. So let's say bad back. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is her trouble. This is this is supposed to be someone whose son now runs the gauntlet, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, used to <laughs> run the gauntlet. Oh, no, no, no. Her son runs it. Um, well, yeah. What was the gauntlet? <laughs> yeah. Um, like she 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 originally got the gauntlet with her husband. He's now gone. So her, so her son runs it. Mm-hmm. She mostly sits by the fire and uh, chats with the regulars. Okay. So we need to break down the sharp wit and dirty humour, mm-hmm. um, because these aspects aren't just about describing the character, they're about, these are mechanical things that you're going to be pulling out. Mm-hmm. So um, anything in, because I, I, I will tell you from my perspective, anything you could argue for dirty humour, you could also argue for sharp wit. So one of those is redundant. See, I, I put dirty humour as, she's worked in a freaking tavern all her life, she's, she knows. Common touch. Um, okay, yeah. So, I mean, she's got a sharp wit. That that tells me that she can make a joke with anyone. Right. So, if you say she's got the common touch, mm-hmm. then maybe that means that she's not very good at dealing with people sort of hoity-toity, but she is good at dealing with people who are sort of, you know, the, the working class of the proles. Um, so it's, 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 it's uh, at once a hindrance and a boon. That's one aspect has to be. Oh, right, okay. Um, so it has to be good and it has to be bad. So a sharp wit, for example, um, I might say, compel you to say, um, well, you can't resist making a joke at this person's expense, even though you know you're going to get fucked for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't resist. No, you've got to say something. Um, and here's a big point, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's that um, private joker in full metal jacket can't resist saying yeah, yeah. something and it gets everyone in trouble. Right. Um and he knows, he knows it's going to work, you know, that sort of stuff. So um, so the dirty humour and the sharp wit are the same thing, really, for me, okay. in terms of how it plays. So that's going to, um, the reason I want you to change that is because... So which one are we changing? Uh, dirty humour. Right, um, okay. That will, it will handicap your character, essentially. Okay, so common touch, then. If you're happy with that. That's fine, I kind of put that onto sociable, but... Yeah, so, um, and again... Uh, the sociable thing, do you want to refine that a bit so that um, both it's something that can be used for you and against you? So um, I don't really like single word. I mean, the grafter I'm kind of okay with because that has a lot of stuff with it. Sociable is a bit too nebulous for a single word. Well, uh, shall we say outgoing personality or make friends with anyone? Uh, we'll make friends with anyone, yeah. Okay, so at this point, turn the character sheet over. That's something you'll be doing a lot. Okay, so in the stress, mm-hmm. what I want you to do is divide those in half um, in whatever way it makes sense to you. So one of them is going to be mental, one of them is going to be physical. Okay. Okay. So um, physical at the top, mental at the bottom. Now, um, you just have to know which one's which race. Yeah. Uh, not all of them are going to be in play. Because you're not heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, for the consequences, um, then um, so for the consequences, you don't have to have those in for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we will fill in at least one consequence each for you, um, for your characters. All right. Because you've been taken prisoner and roughed up a bit. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, so you will have something that's happened already. So in your um, 
bottom box here. We're not going to have any stunts because you're civilians. By the way, I love the whole um, editing on Adam's Sabrina's Fact of the Week. <laughs> a little bit of uh, reverb. We need to do a clean recording of that. Actually, um, I've decided we will never, ever, ever do a clean recording because we're always just going to do something on the night, which, which will be stupid and chipped. And funny as hell. Uh, <clears throat> I did get an email from Sabrina about that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, which I'll, I'm, I'm just going to find. So. Okay, so in those uh, boxes, mm -hmm. normally you would have um, one at zero, two at one, two at two, um, and one at three. Mm -hmm. But you're going to scale that back, so you're going to have two at zero, two at one, two at two. Okay. So these are your approaches to life, the universe, and everything. Um, these are your skills. So this is the careful, clever, flashy, yeah, all that stuff. So. So, two at zero, two at one, sorry, say it again. Two zero, two one, two two. Um, just for your main character. Alright. Oh, the, okay. the, the others are all, um, at, all at zero. Okay. So do we need to bother filling out the high concepts and everything for the other you characters? You do, because I will have them. So that's your main characters. Now, um, did anyone take, as their two, did anyone take Clever? Yeah. As their two? Okay, so in your stress boxes, you have two mental stress boxes available to you. So just mark off the third one as, as it's already filled in. Um, who took Forceful as a two? I did. Okay, you have two physical stress available to you. If you didn't take either of those, then you have one stress available. How... Well, sorry, I, I missed a bit while we were actually talking about this. How do you fill in that section then? Uh, however makes sense to you. Normally there's only one stress track. I've only got one available in physical. physical. Right, okay, so it's that. One, ava one available in mental, two available in physical. Those are your characters complete. Do you want to give me the other characters? What's up? Um, Alright, Biddy, have your other two characters? Nearly. Um, I need uh, a third. Martin is a dirty human street urchin. Mm -hmm. uh, his trouble is that he's an addict. He's a thief. Can't think of a third one. Knowing about his background, he manages. He's he's known uh, to people as Wine Rack. Well, for a start, that's going to be compulsive thief because he's an addict. So he can't help himself. He's always on the tape for uh, something. So it might mean he's a really good thief, but he's, or it could just be a kleptomaniac. Yeah. So well, he's probably very good at it, but he also can't help himself sometimes. So that's you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a push and a pull. Yeah. So the third one is he's known by, as Wine Rack because he somehow always manages to get. Uh, the main thing that he steals is wine, and no one quite can understand how easy he does it. Mm -hmm. Which is basically, he's just figured out a way to get into someone's wine cellar. Um, I'd say he's a kid, fuck it. Kid? Yeah. Well, yeah, he is. He's young. Yeah, he doesn't have to have loads of con uh, concepts or aspects. Okay, so that's uh, no. Okay. Because these are kind of NPCs, I'm not really bothered about the um, the development of the aspects, so... Um, because I will move things around a little bit. It's just, it, um, uh, these are just sort of reference for me. These are the, the people who will be populating your area. Mm -hmm. I should really do NPC sheets for the MOOCs that are around or whatever, but I've got them in my head, so. I don't like this system. It makes you think too much. We uh, <laughs> should think about stories and things. I know. Uh, last one is, uh, his trouble is that he's gay. He's artsy. He's a bit of a lush. 
and he's it's tr- no it's trouble there's trouble it can't be that he's gay because dear god we're not that sort of podcast uh, no, 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 no 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 actually his trouble something... is that he's super gay <laughs> no 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 what we know what I wanted to establish actually within this uh, story universe is, is how is homosexuality viewed fine oh it's fine yeah it's absolutely fine oh right okay then did not realise depending, okay. depending on where you are and, and what's going on there are some cultures in the world which it's not legal However, um, that is nowhere that you would have been or are likely to go. It's essentially isolated countries that are like that. One particular isolated country that's like that. So yeah. Okay, um, in that case, his high concept is that he's a gay elf bookkeeper. Okay. Um, he's artsy. He's a bit of a lush, and his trouble is that he is being a lush could be his trouble. Mm. Think like hipster, you know. It's, oh it's, no, hipster! Hipster's fine. The, the things that he's into are the things that are cool because it's better than everything else that anyone's ever done. Or stuff. Is that that concept that was um, it was popular? That's fine. Amongst <laughs> the the neuromantics, it was popular amongst um, the effete nobles uh, and and sort of literati of the time uh, around the seventeenth century, eighteenth century. It was like it is like better. Lord Byron yeah, kind of thing. The things that I do are better because I do them. Definitely yeah. Lord Byron. Yeah, um, there was a thing which. Uh, there was a philosopher who was famous for saying that the pleasures that he experienced as a philosopher, while he never laughed out loud because he was too cynical, while he, you know he never had a barrel laugh, and you know while he never took pleasure, the simple pleasure in other people's company, the stuff that actually makes people happy. Um, he said that the, the the common people enjoyed the belly laughs and all that sort of stuff, but his enjoyment of life was more refined because his enjoyment was more refined. The sort of the sort of person who will listen to opera because they think they should and think they're having a good time and they're not. 